Welcome back to part two of another 10 questions with Kate Lambrook. Last time we talked about workplace compatibility, Lawrence Mooney renewing his vows, and her husband Pete refusing to buy Bitcoin. And this time we're getting more into the serious stuff of writing books and turning swear nouns into swear adjectives. So I return to the proceedings by asking Kate, what about her job keeps her awake at night? Nothing, because if you've done your job well, or even, you know, well enough, well enough, do you have a good sound sleep because you're tired? Yeah. yeah. Nothing keeps me awake. Sometimes things wake me up early in the morning about my job. Where oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, I've got to do that. Oh, oh I want to, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. But now, especially because I'm doing a very small radio show, um, which is just so beautiful with Monty, who lives with you. I, uh, yeah, I think I've seen her in a few weeks because we're going to uh, Charlie Clawson's place. Oh, yes, yes. Um, but yes. so what I, what I would say about you is, A, you're a natural. I, like I, you just pick up things so quickly, and I think that's with your writing as well. It's like when we're talking about our books, we're both writing books at the yes, same time. Yes, at the same time. And I remember thinking, you know, I think I'm sure KL's just handling this with ease and aplomb. Whereas I'm a stressed little ball, you know, beating up on myself. And I, I wasn't, I didn't handle it with aplomb oh, because, okay. you know, because I'm very uh, collaborative in my work. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like the company and yeah. I like the cut and thrust and I love some rough plan. I love to yeah. you know, see someone peel back the folds like an onion and, you know, I love all mm. that stuff. Love playing amateur psychologist or just going along for a wild ride, mm. and the solitary nature of the writing, uh, I didn't enjoy. No, but not that I didn't enjoy it. I quite enjoyed the p- aspects of it, like refining mentally what what story I would tell about Italy and what. Mm. And because I didn't write a book like your book, which is a huge slab of a life. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Dovetailed with, you know, the cricket with you, you know, with Mm. your life. That's an amazing achievement. But mine was more a collection of stories that encapsulated what our time in Italy had meant. And it's very detailed too. Like, Did you keep notes when you were there? No. And you know what's, but you know what's interesting now is because of photos in your phone. Ah, jogging. Yeah. Yeah. Everything comes flooding back. You know, they say there's a good saying. So I write this down. Picture tells a thousand words. (laughs) I've got to record it. Write it down. I'll write it down after it. Roll on that. Roll (laughs) on it. I, but so, um, so, because you, you wrote the column as well for a long time, but this is a long-form thing. Not since Neighbours, I guess, have you written anything like, like you know, spent so much time probably writing. Is that true? Oh, 100%. Even when I was doing Neighbours, I was on, on like a six-week rotation, so I wasn't writing that. And I, then I was doing yeah, a weekly right. column. Probably yeah. the column is was the most commensurate with the process. City Weekly? City Weekly. I read the column. I read your column and Dave O'Neill's column. I didn't, I just arrived in Melbourne. Dave O'Neill had the one in Beat, and you had City Weekly, and I oh. and I fell in love with those two columns. Oh. And then you end up on radio together. Yeah, wow. Maybe you secreted us together. Maybe I did. I, I remember it was one of those things where you just, you know, you you arrive in a new city. I didn't know anyone, but those two columns. I remember thinking you both had such a 
a clear voice. Um, because you're, but you're very different voices. Yes, but I love correct, them. Correct. I love them individually. And um, yeah, I couldn't wait for City Weekly to come out each, obviously weekly, and Um, a pub free public transport magazine. Yeah, but glossy. It was really fun. There was a fun I liked in that in that um, magazine the section about overheard conversations. Yeah, because I love overheard conversations. Yeah, so do I. So who who edited that and how did you get into into how did you was that triple R thing or um that they approached me when I was at Triple R. Yeah, yeah. And it was Angus oh God, I should remember people's names. I can't remember all my editors. Carl Quinn was one. Angus Mm, I can't remember. I should remember. I remember Carl Quinn. I, I hope Carl doesn't mind me saying this, but when I was at the Melbourne International Film Festival, the first opening I ever went to, and Carl said, and what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer and an actor. And he said, just what the world needs, another fucking writer and an actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what's an obstacle, Kate? What's an obstacle that you've had to overcome? My laziness. Mm. Uh, like it's just, I, I think, I mean, I probably don't think, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's a, a school of philosophy that's, that believes this, but I think you have to learn the same lessons over and over again in life. And it's not until you learn those lessons that, that you then move on to the next lessons. Mm. And for me, laziness has been a huge like it's taken me until the last three years to learn to keep my bedroom tidy. No, like I mean, proper. You've had such an output for someone who's lazy. It's, it's extraordinary. Well, sort of, but I'm kind of lazy in the way like doing the radio to me doesn't feel like work. So I don't really count that. I mean, that's like fish and chip wrapping. There's no record of it. There's no, I mean, there's podcasts now, but who's ever, you know, there's not, it's not a, you haven't left anything momentarily. And don't get me wrong. I I, I think the radio is just the most brilliant or can be the most brilliant, uplifting, you know, edifying, whatever company, but it doesn't leave a footprint you know, like those religious people when they look back at the footprints on the sa- in the sand and they're yeah. like, when I was having such a terrible time, Jesus, well, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. Where were you when I needed you? And oh. Jesus goes, that's when I was carrying you. Oh, wow. Like no one ever says that about radio. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think it does play that role. But my laziness is kind of is a physical I, like it's taken me a long time to learn to exercise. Mm-hmm. But I'm not lazy because I also cook and Bring clean for, for six people. Yeah. So I know that I'm not lazy in a traditional sense, but I'm lazy in the ways that I know would afford me some happiness and I don't do them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I don't know. But I'm getting better at it. Mm. The yoga yoga changed a lot of that for me. When did you start that? Uh, the first time probably was uh, about eleven years ago when Lewis was sick, yeah, and right. I needed something that was stronger than leukemia. And my girlfriend took me. My girlfriend Mac, who I think yeah. you know, um, 
just beautiful, such a beautiful person. She took me to hot yoga, which at that time was, it was Bikram, was I needed something that was stronger than leukemia and mm. that was per 40 degrees, blah, but I hurt my back three times doing Bikram because it makes you believe you can do things you can't do or you can do things but only in the heat mm. and, the, you know. Anyway, and then I sort of have spent the next, the time past then going to, since then, doing yoga, just, I don't know, what even, what kind of yoga it is, power flow. I'm terrible at it, absolutely terrible. And they say it's supposed to be humbling yoga. That's part of the practice of it. It's actually humiliating, not humbling. But that's good for me because, you know, I'm, an, I'm a Leo and I'm never humbled and rarely humiliated and so it's good for me. Yeah, yeah. When I've been, it's been humiliating for me too. It's 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 the worst oh. and that makes it the best. Yeah. Did you do it in, in Italy? I did do it in Italy and it took me a really long time to, I kept saying to Sash, our producer, um, She's going, have you found, have you, have you been to that yoga studio I found yet? <laughs> and I'd be like, no, no, because also I don't like to go to places on my own no, the first time. Yeah, me too. I just don't like it. I need to have company with me. Like I'm a bit of a baby in some ways. You know, Husey and Sasha actually walked me to the studio when I was there oh. and then also mocked me for my terrible Italian. Which was cruel because I said to Husey, the reason my Italian is terrible is that you made me do this show for the first six months here. Mm. And so I couldn't go to Italian classes gotcha. because I was working. Mm. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I, I've read that much in the book. During our conversation, I couldn't quite remember how Kate told Husey she was leaving their decades-long partnership. Did you have to email him? No, I, I broke up with him by text. Text, text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which which word or phrase do you overuse? I think you know. I think I just used. <laughs> I love that word, but I shouldn't. But not, you know, people who know me. I, I mean, I like to use it as an adverb. As yeah, it's delicious. And the Americans get so it's so interesting how shocked they are. I don't, they get upset. Yeah, they're not shocked by the. Okay, let, let's. I want to break this down further. I know that everyone's going to think oh, I'm just talking about how Americans don't like the c word. Yeah, they don't like it. But what they are shocked by is just how trippingly it comes off an Australian tongue. Oh yes, yeah. So that it hardly even sounds no. like. Swearing. That's right. It's like they that they don't realize it's been just punched in the head by a word. Yes. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas to us, it's just like, because I would say, oh, that was, it was an act of such abject country. (laughs) Now that is perfectly legitimate language, isn't it? You know exactly what I mean when I say that, but that would upset the Americans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I worked with um, a little bit with uh, Scott Ryan from Mr. In Between and and he he said, because he's a tough guy and I'm not a tough guy. Yeah. He's a proper, He's a tough, proper guy. tough guy. Proper, proper. He goes, so, uh, mate, what, you, what you do is you, you, you any, any trouble, uh, you never raise your voice. You say, in fact, you bring your voice down, right? And that scares people, uh, you know, especially uh, for speak like Scott Ryan. It really scares <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, I had a, a, a manager who shouted at me once. <gasps> it was an American manager. I'm no longer with him. And I waited for the other person to go, and I said, "Don't ever speak to me like that again." Can't. Oh my god! To an American? Yeah, yeah. And he just. Oh, the greatest! Oh, 
<laughs> and he went, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, how perfect. The confluence. Yeah, thank you, Scott, and thank you, the C word. Oh, that's the best bit of advice you've ever been given. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm going to keep that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the lowering of the voice. He goes, The lowering of the voice. As soon as you raise your voice, you've lost, mate. You've lost. You've lost. Oh, I love like, it. That's like the Asians. Mm. You know, in Asia, when you lose your temper, you lose face oh, and true. you've lost. Yeah. You've lost. Yeah. Mm. I think mm. I may have lost face a few times in airport lines. Oh, um, everyone loses face at airports. No one's got face <laughs> at airports. You know, that's why they need all the facial recognition. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because no one's got face at airports. Just that. Um, mm. How do you remain calm under pressure? KL? Well, I think it helps to have something to compare things to. Mm. So mostly in the scheme of some of the things that I've experienced in my life, most things are not worth losing your cool about. Mm. Um, but I am, I'd, I'd like to arc up about shit and then I just, and then I just, burn out I've got no substance I've got no you know I've got my there's a lot of things I'm not happy about in the world particularly at the moment but you know I'm not at a protest I'm not writing to my MP you know I'm just I'm one of those people I'm just I'm, I'm one of those people annoying person so you just, so it takes about two minutes and then you, you, you you're fine yeah and then I'm spent right. I'm gone I'm gone right yeah. I'm not a grudge holder because I have, as you've, as I've established on this in this conversation, a bad memory, mm. which is so handy for not holding so grudges. Have I. Yeah, so have I. Sorry, mm. it's just fantastic. Yeah, and then, but but I do still sometimes have a residual thing when I see someone that I'm like, oh, I don't like them, mm. but I can't remember why. <laughs> and, that's, and that's, but you know, you just have that instinct where you're like, oh, that's funny. And then, and sometimes you're like. Oh well, well let's just start again and see what happens. So, Very often you're proven to be right again, by the they way. Don't change. They don't change. Instinct. Yeah. And instinct is so remarkably strong as anyone who's been to a school reunion can attest. <laughs> Did you go, have you gone back? I had one before they before they knocked the school down, oh. they had one, a, you know, just a, an emergency reunion. And I think they'd had other ones that I hadn't been to. What what colour uniforms were you? Maroon. That's right. Maroon and white. And what? And Sunnybank was green. No. Oh, green and grey, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember what my brother wore. Mm. I just remember all these. I used to remember all the uniforms at the Queen Street yeah, Mall. Right. Mm. Oh, I did. I did like having a uniform because then I didn't have to worry about having daggy Jehovah's Witness clothes. Which, like, I dreaded mufty day. I dreaded a no-uniform day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. No such thing as no-uniform day at Brisbane Grammar. Had to wear uniforms on Saturdays for football and then Sundays oh, for church. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. What? Hang on. Ch for church? For me. Oh, because you were boarding. I was boarding, so I had to go to – I was getting confirmed, so I had to go to a separate church uh, on Sundays. Oh. And, and if you were to go to church, you had to wear your school uniform. Hey, um, what was boarding like? Terrible. Was it scary? For me, terrible. Because Yeah. Was, were you scary, terrible, or lonely, terrible or no, no, scary because it was it was a um it was a time of of 
really hard and not, not not just bullying but abuse in the yeah, yeah right. not, not sexual abuse oh sexual abuse in the day school um which uh has come up in the royal commission um oh really but but punching you know just prefect yeah right punching. from from big from the older yeah, yeah. just punching down punching a lot of down, punching down. wasn't oh, wasn't God. a bad thing in those days yeah um, it was the done thing yeah but not by everyone. No. Let's just remember that, you know, mm. because those people are like, oh, it was a different time. It was a different people. Really? Yeah. Because you 100%. weren't punching down on anyone, not, were you? Not, didn't, nah, didn't, nah. like, it's just no. I remember going through that, just going, I can't imagine because everyone, you go, oh, you know, when we get to grade 12, we'll have the power. Well, yeah. No, I, just think, I don't, it's not going to happen. Don't want to do no, that. No. Um, how interesting, though, but because of the pedigree of your school, mm. a lot of those guys now would be in the in the law. Totally. In, yeah. the, in yeah. that. They're all law. Upper echelon, yeah. They're not politics. They're all law. Um, yeah, right. And law and a bit of medicine. Um, so the punches, you see some of the punches around sometimes uh, in a newspaper article or a. Isn't it interesting? No, I haven't really seen the big bullies. Oh, no. um, how interesting. The, the ones who I've seen in kind of public life have been the okay ones. Oh, oh well, that's reassuring. Such a strange concept, isn't it, boarding school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, Poms are mad about it. They love it. They love it. They send their kids off when they're four. Yeah, I know. And then they wonder why they're all fucked <laughs> No. Or actually, I don't think they wonder. I think they think that that fucked up thing is quite normal. Like the way they've got, tell me about this. I was thinking about this last night. Peter and I were watching, I'm not even going to attempt his name. Oh, Jonathan Ross. Oh, yes, yes. Or as he says, Jonathan Wass. Wass, yeah. Now, I'm intrigued by that. Um, Upper class not able to say ours. Yeah. Yes, but that's an affectation. It's not a speech defect. Well, although we term it a speech defect yeah. or something to be remedied or whatever, but it's an actual, it's an affectation. So they actually do that on purpose. So at some point you learn to say, my name is Jonathan yeah. Ross instead of Interesting. Ross. Yeah. Isn't that it's amazing? It's so true. It's, you know, the, all the. We're growing some carnations. Yeah. If you want to take a, a, a small stroll through the back paddock, you'll see we're growing some beautiful carnations. Like who? That is a strange thing yeah. to do. Isn't yeah, the, it? the the eccentricity of that just to differentiate themselves. You know, not those things like you know that. So if you say pardon instead of beg your pardon, or what? Right. So the upper class they say yeah. what, and if you say pardon, it means you're middle class. Oh mm. really? So you should say what? Yeah. What? what? And if oh. you have. <laughs> well, I'm obviously upper class because I say that to the children all the time. I'm like, what? That might be your Brooklyn side coming through. <laughs> Do you think? Or it might just be, a, you know. You've got four kids and you just go, you have a, who's got time to yeah. say pardon? Or I beg your pardon. Yeah, who? Um, no one says I beg your pardon to children. We speak very rudely to children, actually. <laughs> but they need it. They deserve it. They, they can be spoken to well when they're grown up and they, you know. Have That's right. Um, career high and career low. Well, um, career low, I mean, it wouldn't be necessarily what other people would be consi- considered to be lows. It's what, obviously you're asking me what it is, but it's jobs that I've done which has happened very rarely. 
but where afterwards I feel like I need the shower, mm. the Karen Silkwood mm. shower. You know that feeling? Yeah. I'm not going to get specific, no. but uh, they've been, and I've had enough of them to know it's not for mm. me. And did you have that feeling? It's just not you for me. You talked about that instinct before. Did, did you have the feeling when you were like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I've tried to go, I should be able to do this. Mm. This is fun. Look, everyone else is doing it. Everyone, people are, oh, no. Oh, they're quite nice people. I'm on, no, oh, no. And then you just like uh, turn the Karen Silkwood shower on yeah. me and blast all the polonium out of me because I'm tainted yeah. to the core. Yeah. So that would be a career low. We, but it was, it's kind of a, uh, look, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that I've had too many lows. No, I can't think other of than, any. Other than what I other than what I, you know, um, divine for myself. Because when you mention it, I'm, I'm, you, you've disguised whatever the problem is. I've had to. Yeah, right, because I can't, yeah, I can't think of <laughs> Yeah, I've had from to. Maybe agony. Oh, I didn't want you to realise I was talking about <laughs> agony. Oh, my God, I loved agony so much. Yeah. Do you know that was one of my favourite things ever, uh-huh. ever, to do well kate was a dream guest to have on the show here she is coming clean about reading something she probably shouldn't have once a girlfriend and i read her housemate's diary oh my god it was terrible her housemate who we thought was really nice and really liked us wrote a whole like two pages about us and how untalented we were (laughs) He had nothing but contempt for us. And he's like, ooh, they work in the TV industry. They think they're so great. I've got more talent in my little finger than... We're like reading his diary going, clearly not, my friend. Whatever we were paying Kate to be on that show was clearly not enough. Moving on to Kate's career high. Well, look, I think um, it's... Is it a career thing? But I think having written a book is... Only because it's something I never, ever, 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 insert as many ever's as you want, thought I would do. So how did it come about? So you came back and... and No, no, it started while I was there. Really? Yeah. It started while I was there and it was, I think it was kind of twofold. It was when I, we were living there. So we moved in 2019 and we realised pretty quickly how significant it was what we were doing Mm. for ourselves individually and for the family and in terms of if you talk about my career that I'd walked away from, you know, jobs that people just don't leave. Um, uh, It was, I realised that it was just an extraordinary thing that was happening. And I, because I'm lazy, I would say to Peter, oh, gosh, I wish... I wish someone in this family kept a diary. I wonder who in the family keeps a diary. As we know, Peter's too busy with the paperwork and not buying Bitcoin. <laughs> and their kids are kids, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, and so I, the publisher had talked to me a few times over the years about writing books, you know. And I was always like, yeah, nah, there's enough books. Have you been in a bookshop? There's too many books. And But then I went, well, I want to keep a record of this for my family. And that's, that's how good. it started. That got you that got you going. That got you to the top right. Correct. 
because I have never written anything for myself that wasn't, I knew enough about myself that I wouldn't do it just unless I was working for the man or the mean yep. Simon and Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so I went, I'd actually, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'm thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's, uh, how bad could it be? And in fact, it's quite, it's very good. I'm amazed mm. and I'm just, I say it with that, with complete neutrality as though now that it has left me, it is no longer of me. Ah. It's like the way that you can look at your child with a certain degree of neutrality and go, <clears throat> yeah, he's a, he's a seven in looks, but he's a 10 in heart or whatever, yeah. you know, just that. And I'm like that with my book. I'm like, this is actually, oh my God. It's a really good book. And who did you show it to? Um, did you because Peter hadn't read it? No. Yeah. I, I'd read him sometimes tiny little bits, That's like right. I would yeah, say, yeah. and because he would be living the agony of it with me. Um, oh, hang on. Oh, shivers. Kate got a text message. You gotta go, haven't you? Yes, I've got oh. another one. Oh god. Oh my god. No, oh, I don't go. know quite what to do. Yeah, look, hang on, I'll send her a message. <clears throat> Hang on. Oh, she said, is the time slot's no good? It's easily rescheduled on my oh, I'm so sorry. Hang on. I'll just say, I'm so sorry. Am on another interview with a real bastard who will make my life misery if I leave. <laughs> what about that? I'll do it. <laughs> she did it. And then we went back to the dilemma of who you should show your book to when it's at draft stage. Yes, it's very hard, isn't yeah, it, to yeah. show? <clears throat> so I had uh, my girlfriends that I would send chapters to when I had written them. Oh, that's good. And my girlfriend, Alice, uh, my girlfriend, Mac, Marianne yeah. Carroll, um, a, there, a girlfriend of mine, Sophie Brahm, who's a writer, an absolutely brilliant writer. She works on Gruen and she did Reputation. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, she's her. the greatest. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, the greatest. she's great. But how's this? Because I was so in awe of her as a writer, I couldn't show her any of my writing. But oh. she talked me over like several times when I'd be, I was in Italy and it was like three o'clock in the morning, which is prime, peak work time for her. She was just fantastic. My girlfriend, Georgie, I just send. Or if I'd written about one of something that pertained to one of us, I would send to them. Well, that's good. So you didn't send anything in a you didn't send a big block to someone. No, you, I didn't have a big block yeah, yeah. because I wrote the whole thing on my iPad. Oh my god! I never had a big block. Wow. I didn't know how to write a book, so I, I did it on my iPad oh. with a tech keyboard. Yeah, but but when it came to doing the edit and whatever, which there was actually not much not much editing, luckily, a bit, but uh, the iPad's not capable of that. Wow. So I'm going to have to get you a computer. <laughs> well, Peter, I ended up using Peter's computer. Yeah, right. Wow. But Peter's just so, he's the most patient, beautiful person mm -hmm. because to live with me, like doing all of this, like A, doing it, like, you know, the mentally doing oh. it and then physically doing it i just needed him so much more than a sentient adult should yeah yeah it's it's a it is the hardest thing i've ever done 
Um, yeah, really. Yeah, but not a, like not a. You know, in, what was interesting about it is you know, like I, I know what you mean. It's um, it's on a number of levels yeah, difficult. Yeah, mm. and also the 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 turmoil of you know of reflecting, <laughs> reflecting on your life. Yeah, right. But oh, was it? Did you cry? No, but I was just quite quite sensitive about things. But it, it's um. And and then you know I had to take out a lot of stuff because I I come from, uh, you know when, whenever I'm running 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 a writer's room or something I say everything on the table just let it all out don't worry about what the network's going to mm, think or mm, everything so I did mm, that at first mm, which was a hugely mm, defamatory book so mm, I just had to go fantastic I had to go through and just like oh, come on. Oh, fantastic! Oh, I know, especially what period would have been. Yeah, and I wouldn't, have, you know, it. It's so I, I just. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Amanda was a was a great help for me. You know, she also, you know, there was too much self deprecation in it as well. And she said, "The self deprecation right. is actually becoming oppressive." <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's funny. Yeah. Why? self-deprecating because you know what i think it's a i think it used to be um prized as an australian yes it was my clown like it was desirable yeah but now it's not now in the era of instagram and everyone trying to big themselves up for everything it's just sort of seen as Mm. like 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 amanda said oppressive (laughs) that's right (laughs) but did you see uh hannah gadsby's show um where she talked about that was her whole thing with self-deprecation and then one day she decided not to do it anymore. Yes, yes, You know, yes, I, I yes. found that spoke to me. I went, mm. yeah. Um, all right, last question is, do you have a motto? Yes, of course I do because I come from, as you know, a combination of Jamaicans, Jews and Dutch who love all those three cultures, love nothing more than a saying. Yeah. They love it, love it. <laughs> True. Right? So the Dutch have got a saying for everything, and I pass them on to the children. The one I use very frequently is, which is handy living in Melbourne. In fact, it's handy in life. When it starts raining and everyone turns around and goes home, we don't because I say to the children, you're not made of sugar. It's lovely. Which is what the Dutch say. That's you won't lovely. melt. You won't melt. So we go for bike rides in the rain. We swim in the beach in the rain. We, you know. That's great. Yeah. So that's a that's a very annoying to the children, but it's a handy one. And then I've, I now hear them say it to each other. That's brilliant. Walking to school, you know, it starts to rain. Very ha- You're not made of sugar. Um, and then there are others that are, are, there's just so many in high rotation, really, I think. Other people would notice them probably more than me, but these are ones that I'm aware of. Start as you intend to continue. Mm, okay, yeah. That's just, that's such a good one. Yeah. My mother taught me, not very well, but taught me you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I knew you were going to mention your mother. I knew it. And of course, my mother. Yeah. Honey, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Oh, I, I reckon you should do it. One woman show where, yes. and you just about yes. your mother because I love it when you impersonate her. Well, she's you know she's always good for her, for sayings. Yeah, and we're, that they were really proud of you. Um, I think yes. Oh no, yes, yeah. yes. Even though I mean, 
you know, I how funny I was remembering. So my dad died uh, August. Oh, that's right. So, which was kind of merciful. I know it was sad just because we loved, I loved him Mm. so much and we miss him so Mm. much, but it was merciful. He had to go, but he was just such a great person, you know, very unusual and magnificent person. Anyway, um, I remember once when mum said to me, oh, your father's very proud of you, you know. And I was like so amazed because, because I I mean, he was just always very, I mean, less so when I came to know him as an adult, but particularly because I knew him in this oppressive religion, oppressive to the spirit religion. He was a Jehovah's Witness elder. And I realised for the bulk of my life growing up, he was unhappy. And so then when he left the witnesses, he became happy. Oh, wow. It was quite an amazing thing to see in someone that you'd only ever known through the eyes of a child, you know. And had your mum left as well by that stage? Mum had as well, but mum's just so robust and, you know, (laughs) dad dad was much more... um, fine spirited than my mother who is very um strong i could picture him because we had that, that photo of of the yes in, in yes that's right um yeah and oh, right so so what was it after that he said he was proud of you oh i can't remember when it was actually it was at some point in my life where i i would to anyone else's eyes have been failing <laughs> robustly <laughs> failing that's why i was just like so shocked that she said that oh that's lovely i oh, know it's really lovely i think oh. they kind of come to see me in an amateur play or whatever all oh, right okay you know it was one of those but it was just they it was just lovely it was very lovely yeah, yeah i mean you're such a loss to the acting fraternity because um because you know your that performance you gave in the match committee with pang and mooney was was great. I was thinking, God. Oh, I forgot about that. You know, for some reason, no one um, casts me in things as an actor. I, I do find it really strange. I'm like, particularly I think as you have less hanging on the hook of it, you get freer and and better at it. Mm, that's that's true. Well, it was it, like I always thought I was writing something which which kind of went belly up and I was thinking, Kate would be great in this, but I wonder if she'd do it. What was it? Was it to play a madam in a brothel? Uh, Mm, I'd love that. You would be very good at that. Oh, look, born for it. Yeah. Notice uh, the madam, not one of the working girls. No, no. As I said, lazy. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to 10 Questions. If you'd like to subscribe to us on Patreon, we're at 10 Questions with Adam Zwar. And that's where you can get the bonus content on every interview. Until next time, thanks for joining us.